Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The U.S. Defense Secretary's itinerary was bound to anger Russia, which announced it was shuttering its NATO mission and kicking NATO diplomats out of Moscow. Our support for Ukraine's sovereignty and territorial integrity is unwavering. En route to NATO this week, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin visited Ukraine and Georgia, two Black Sea neighbors that the Russian military invaded and continues to partly occupy. You can count on our continued support. The former U.S. ambassador to NATO and Russia says Ukraine remains the biggest flashpoint. The Russians under Putin like to be unpredictable. They don't seem to care one whit about stability if, if, if it gets in the way of trying to dominate their neighbors. I thought it was pretty interesting that our Secretary of Defense said we have unwavering support for Ukraine. I think it was wavering there for <laughs> several years as the Russia took a big chunk of it and we didn't demand they give it back. So It looks pretty wavery to us. Signed, Ukrainians. <laughs> but so, okay, take that for what it's worth. I guess from here on out we're unwavering or yeah. starting today or I don't know how that yeah. whole thing works. Yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to piece together a couple of things here in, a, in an overarching conversation that may or may not work. So we mentioned earlier um, we've got a new uh, first openly transgender female four-star admiral that was announced uh, earlier this week. Which direction? Um, uh, Newly minted the gal or he to she? Okay. Okay. And... Uh, I don't I don't have any reason whatsoever to believe that she is not completely qualified for this job. But I hope that she is. I mean, I hope she was just flat out the best choice for this position and not some sort of signal to some group for political reasons, because that would be a terrible way to craft a military when you're staring at Russia and China and who gets to run the world for the next 1,000 years. Well, the fact that you even have to ask that question shows we have a problem. And I think I, I have an idea which way you're leaning on the question, which would show we have a very serious problem. All right. And you had the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, old Milley, say not that long ago about the whole anti-racist woke stuff that they're teaching and stuff like that. And just... Don't spend any time on that. You know how much time they're spending in China worried about politically correct uh, things in their military? Zero seconds ever. Yeah. We have to yeah. be focused. And then so this story kind of fits in a little bit. Do you remember when I had that the big fire in San Diego? Of course, you're in the San Diego, San Diego area. Remember it? Um, this was in July of 2020. I can't believe it's already been that long. The USS Bonhomme Richard caught on fire and really burnt up. Really, the whole thing just pretty much ruined the whole ship. Mm-hmm. and uh, five-day blaze right there in the harbor at San Diego. Well, they've now nailed down what happened. One sailor has been charged with starting the fire. Others were listed as having their failings contribute to the entire ship's loss. But through and through, it was a pretty poor reaction to the sort of thing that could happen in battle. Obviously, you could end up with a fire on a ship if somebody fires on you, or, you know, a missile or whatever. And uh, one sailor has been charged with setting the fire, which is a weird thing to do. In the more than 400-page report obtained by the Associated Press, it lists three dozen officers and sailors whose failings either directly led to the ship's loss or contributed to it. The findings detailed widespread lapses in training, coordination, communication, fire preparedness, equipment maintenance, and overall command and control. Other than that, it went pretty well. 
Yeah, I have some pretty serious concerns about the Navy in particular and its state and its actual battle readiness and and leadership and that sort of thing. There have just been too many incidents that, that, that when they come out with the report, they sound an awful lot like that. I mean, like enormous systemic problems. Sure, we talked about it when those two ships ran into each other out in the ocean. And it was just all kinds of command and control and reaction problems. So it says here in the report, although the fire was started by an act of arson, okay, and, you know, that's really not an excuse for anything, because like I said, you could have a, an Al-Qaeda guy get to the harbor and, and start a fire, too. you got to be able to react to it. Or an accident or whatever, a kitchen fire. The ship was lost due to an inability to extinguish the fire, according to the report, that repeated failures by an inadequately prepared crew delivered an ineffective fire response. That ain't good. It slammed the commanders of the amphibious assault ship for poor oversight and said the main firefighting foam system wasn't used because it hadn't been maintained properly and the crew didn't know how to use it. Wow. That's a pretty damning report. The crew does not know how to use the main firefighting system, which doesn't work anyway. What? These are our multi-gazillion dollar ships? that are supposed to defend us from China with supposedly the best Navy that the world has ever seen? Yeah, I've actually witnessed a fire drill on a submarine. They take it incredibly seriously in the subservice, but I don't know. Like I'm saying, I just think our priorities are messed up. Uh, It's an enormous jobs program. Uh, You know, accountability and leadership are kind of slack uh, and and I don't know this first person, but I've just I've heard enough accounts, and we have active duty folks listening, and recently retired military folks uh, uh, listening as well, who will hit us with a, uh, with mail. Uh, I'm sorry, emails at mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com, who've said these things. Let me hit you with a little more. The report describes a ship in disarray with combustible materials scattered and stored improperly. It said maintenance reports were falsified. That's good. So then they people tried to lie about it and cover their asses after it happened. The exact opposite of what you want to happen in terms of accountability. And that 87% of the fire stations on board had equipment problems or had not been inspected. 87%. So Wow, so the people in charge of inspecting that stuff just go down the list, put their initials down and put the date down, never even look at the stuff. And if there is a fire and you can't put it out and you lose the whole ship, you lie about it. It also found that crew members didn't ring the bells to alert sailors of a fire until 10 minutes after it was discovered. Those crucial minutes, the report said, caused delays in crews donning fire gear, assembling hose teams, and responding to the fire. Sailors also failed to push the button and activate the firefighting foam system, even though it was accessible and could have slowed the fire's progress. No member of the crew interviewed considered this action or had specific knowledge as to the location of the button or its function. I got to admit, that strikes me as kind of funny. There's a button. What button? It's like when uh, when uh, we took the boat out and it started to sink, and my wife said, did you put the plug in? And I said, there's a plug? Because I'd never put a boat out before. I didn't know there was a plug in a boat. Right. Um, this is what happened when they said to these sailors, did you press the button for the firefighting? There's a button. What there's button? a firefighting? A foam? What sort of foam? Tell me about this foam. This is awful. This should yeah. scare the crap out of you. Can't you easily picture? So China decides this afternoon... Go time. We're taking Taiwan. They attack a couple of our ships that are in the area. They assault Taiwan. They get a bunch of people landed there. They've got it. And then we have these reports coming out six months from now about how we weren't able to respond when China attacked us. And you have this very same sort of thing. 
Well, you know, missiles started firing on the ships, and it turns out that the crew members didn't have any idea where their life vests were or where the button was to turn to turn on the firefighting gear or any of that sort of stuff. And so we lost the ship, and China won. It reminds me of what I was reading the other day about our intelligence services, and a lot of uh, our, our old-time pros say they are so screwed up. They have gotten so fat and bureaucratic they are they so serve their own needs as opposed to the needs of the country they need to be torn down and rebuilt and would it be that shocking that the u.s military has gotten i mean it's like you know with the exception of the the army and the marines they haven't really played a ball game for a very very long time well and when you do play a ball game it gets it's against really weak competition Right, right. Yeah, and, and not to torture the metaphor, but, you know, you think there's somebody on the team knows how to pull, a, how to turn a double play. Um, and, and if you ever need to, we can certainly go over it. But we it, always it, win the championship, so what difference does it make? Right, exactly. Yeah, I worry about that. Oh, why, why wouldn't, you hope that they're separate, but why wouldn't the government military bureaucracy be like the rest of the bureaucracy? You find out about the way the VA works or the IRS or any of these other departments that can't function. I mean, this is horrifying. And the fact that they falsified documents after it happened. So you don't have a whole bunch of people who are like, all right, this is a wake up call. We need to get our act together. No, we're going to lie and cover our asses so we don't lose uh, whatever you know rank we've gained in our pension for the rest of our lives and all sure. that sort of stuff. There's also some quotes in here about, well, the, the ship was in for maintenance and oftentimes during maintenance, blah, 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 blah. Okay, you're in for maintenance, and that's why nobody on the ship knew where the buttons were to activate the firefighting system. No, it's ridiculous. That is a bad, bad excuse. Let me read that paragraph again, just because it was also, it's also good. Um, Sailors failed to push the button and activate the firefighting foam system, even though it was accessible and could have slowed the fire's progress. No, This is the, the quote from the report. No member of the crew interviewed considered this action or had knowledge as to the location of the button or its function. Wow. That's unbelievable. Wow. That's like, how come you didn't talk on the radio when it was time? I didn't know where the microphone was. There's a microphone. Yeah, that's just astonishing. The report spreads blame across a wide range of ranks and responsibilities from the now retired three-star admirable. Oh, he retired. How handy. And, uh, and, um, Blah, 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 going on down to senior commanders, lower-ranking sailors, and civilian program managers. 17 were cited for failures that directly led to the loss of the ship, while 17 others contributed to the loss of the ship. Two other sailors were faulted for not effectively helping the fire response of the 36 Niner civilians. But well, I think that uh, that last couple of sentences is a, a, another awful indictment and proves what we're saying, that if it extends from three-star admirals on down, to ensigns and at the lowest rank, and at every level there was flaming incompetence. That's bad. I mean, if it was, if there was one guy to fix with the goat horns and send on his way, well, all right, then you'd think, okay, well, he was a loser. He was a, you know, he was bad at his job. Sure. We got rid of him, but no, it's it's everybody. And the admirals retired in the meantime before the report comes out. More broadly, the crew was slammed for, quote, a pattern of failed drills, minimal crew preparation, an absence of basic knowledge on firefighting, and an inability to coordinate with civilians. So there you go. They just hadn't trained on any of this stuff. Hmm. I'm sure the people at the bottom who are getting the goat's horns are like, is it my job to figure out how to run this thing, or is somebody supposed to tell me? Well, right, and you don't know what you haven't been trained on. Of course you don't. In most cases. Of course you don't. 
Wow, that yeah, is Captain. Excuse me, Captain. What's that? Uh, what's that machine right there? And really, I'd like you to train me on it. Okay, I'll do it. That's not the way it works. No, this should be the most disturbing thing you hear all day long. That is really, really troubling. And how much mm. news coverage is that going to get? That's from Fox. It won't get mentioned anywhere else. I don't think. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. Boy, God, that's, dang. that's disturbing. Oh my! It's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Remember all this stuff we ever get attacked and don't have a good response. Wow. So, do you have any thoughts? Are you uh, active duty, recently retired? Uh, on you guys think we're this sharp, but we're not. Uh, drop us an email: mailbag at armstrongandgetty dot com. That's mailbag at armstrongandgetty dot com. A lot more on the way. Armstrong and Getty. I don't want you to worry about me. I'm vaccinated. I uh, got the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. I got to admit, that's probably the most decision I've made in a long time. <laughs> I walk in the doctor like, give me the third best option. I'll have what the homeless people are having. (laughs) So far, so good. So that's from Dave Chappelle's new Netflix special, The Closer, the highly controversial transphobic special that really isn't. I watched it last night. Uh, Again, what he says is gentle. It's funny. It it represents the point of view of at least 85% of America, maybe more. Uh, my friend uh, Dave actually just texted, and Dave Will said, he said, I was amazed about how uncontroversial it is from a rational person's perspective. The headline could have been, Chappelle mourns loss of trans friend and calls for more empathy. Yeah, I think that uh, I think that's a pretty good description. The idiot protesters are snatching defeat from the jaws of victory, too dumb to realize that Chappelle just convinced the black community and all his whitey fans, too, that they can like, respect, and joke about trans friends, but we all need to be gentle and love each other. I think that's a pretty good description of what his message was, and it's pretty darn funny, too. In fact, uh, we got another uh, COVID-related clip from the special, right? Available on Netflix, in case Netflix gets mad at us for airing these uh, these clips. You ought to go subscribe immediately. Go ahead, Michael. I know you probably heard on the news, I did. I did get coronavirus. And it was it was something else. Like, okay, first of all, when the doctor told me I had coronavirus, I, I got to tell you, I was surprised how it made me feel. I felt dirty. I felt gross. Because I had been walking around Texas, just touching doorknobs, hands all moist, tipping with cash. Here, take this to your family. I must have killed thousands of people just trying to get tonight's show together. So I hope you appreciate it because a lot of died for me to get this one off. Yeah, it's kind of an old discussion and one I'm tired of, but he drops so many N-bombs. And yet, if an academic even, even in discussing racial epithets or, or in discussing racism, so much as utters the term, 
their career can be over. As if they'd said Voldemort out loud in a Harry Potter book or something. You know, this sort of strange, incomprehensible hypocrisy is not good for society. It really isn't. It makes people cynical and, and crazy and and hate each other. But, I don't know, it's a modern world. Welcome to it. We have known for years and years around here, uh, courtesy of uh, the Radio Ranch being right next to Silicon Valley, essentially, we've had tons and tons of listeners in the South Bay area of uh, San Francisco, Silicon Valley, and beyond for for many, many years. And so lots and lots of folks who work for the big tech companies listen to the show, and we appreciate it very much. Um, We've had engineers telling us for ages that the big tech companies will not hire Americans because they can get foreign folks to come live in some little dorm and work for a fraction of the... uh, the wages, which is highly illegal. You're not allowed to import people or get them those special visas if there are loads and loads of Americans who want to do the work. Well, Facebook has just agreed to pay penalties totally more than $14 million in a settlement with the Justice Department. We'll tell you about some of the specifics coming up in a couple of minutes. I want to mention to you the Let's Go Brandon Armstrong and Getty t-shirts are super, super popular. They're good looking. They're, they're at armstrongandgetty.com. If you ever miss a chunk of the show, go to your favorite podcast app, iHeartRadio or whatever. You can listen to the show. It's Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Or just go to armstrongandgetty.com. We've got some helpful links for you. But stay with us. A lot more to come. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Did I mention where you can get those incredibly popular Armstrong and Getty Let's Go Brandon t-shirts? It's at armstrongandgetty.com. Also hot links there, all the stories we talk about, the magazine articles, newspaper articles. If you want to send them around to your friends or read them in their entirety, we always have them there for you at armstrongandgetty.com, plus a whole lot of other good content. Um... Real quickly, if you're just tuning in, speaking of uh, magazine articles shared uh, with uh, the folks at the beginning of hour two, as I recall, uh, a really interesting piece in The Atlantic about how meth, quote unquote meth, is chemically different now than it was even, uh, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, especially uh, because of the difficulties in getting hold of the ephedrine, uh, they've found different chemical processes to produce something similar, but it has uh, impurities and problems with it, and it causes mental illness like crazy. And instead of in like uh, a decade of use being so crazy you can't function anymore, now it's weeks, weeks. This is quite probably the answer to the question, why are there so many bums and junkies living on the streets right now? Why are there so many junkies who can't run their lives? It's the new meth. It's not the high rent. It's not high property values. It's not, you know, Trump's economy. It's not income inequality. It's freaking meth-related mental illness. So, again, if you want the full story, uh, you can go to armstrongandgetty.com, get the on-demand podcast hour two from today, or, uh, or read the article in The Atlantic, although I will warn you, it's longer than the Old Testament. It is long. Gives you the entire history of meth. I don't know if you know this, we're a nation of immigrants. I have a couple of stories about that. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. I was going to bridge these together by pointing out 
the the legacy media, the cathedral, if you will, the the, the lamestream media, whatever you want to call them, they have no interest. They're, they have no curiosity. And, and they are so bound by their ideology, they won't question the, the, you know, the, the classic uh, wisdom of, of the homelessness situation or the, what's going on at the border or whatever. And so these stories just don't get reported, even though they have an enormous impact on real Americans' lives. Uh, Eric Sean did a good report on Fox News last night about the situation in the border and uh, the way the Biden administration is trying to deal with it under the cloak of darkness, literally. Michael, cut 30, please. They are young migrants, teenagers, and kids flown in from the southern border in the dead of night. The New York Post reveals the Biden administration uses nighttime charter flights from Texas to transport unaccompanied minors to relatives or sponsors at locations far from the border. The paper spotted this World Atlantic Airlines MD-83 charter plane that arrived Friday night at the Westchester County Airport north of New York City just before 10 p.m. But some flights have arrived as late as 2 and 4 in the morning. Texas Senator Ted Cruz wants them grounded. Their entire political strategy is based on secrecy. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris caused this, and their entire strategy is ignore it, and they're counting on the corrupt corporate media to ignore it as well. So, of course, they fly in the middle of the night because they have no defense. So you're flying from rural Texas to, say, the Westchester County Airport in New York or some of the other destinations they mentioned. Uh, it's not like those are Atlanta Hartsfield or something with a bingo, bango, bongo, one flight after the other, constant air traffic. No, these places are mostly quiet, but they're flying them at 2 a.m. Gee, I wonder why that is. I think Ted Cruz actually uh, nailed it. Well, let's talk about some of the destinations they're heading to. Clip 32. The World Atlantic Airlines plane has really hopped around. Last Friday, starting at the crack of dawn at 6.37 a.m., it flew from McAllen, Texas, to Villa Hermosa, Mexico, a possible expulsion flight sending Central American migrants back to Mexico. It returned to McAllen, then jumped to El Paso, and at 2.04 p.m., headed east to Jacksonville, Florida, before finally flying north to Westchester, touching down there at 9.52 p.m. Yeah, wow. Well, wait for it. The increasingly hilarious Jen Psaki, who I've said many times, I, she's on the other side. Um, I think she's, she, by nature of her job, is just incredibly dishonest trying to spin the unspinnable and uh, defend the indefensible. Uh, but she's, and this is why people don't last more than a year, max year and a half in that job, generally speaking. Um, it's because you're just, you're, you're thrown out there. In front of the press corps, asked to defend the indefensible, and it wears people out after a while. Here she is trying to explain the middle-of-the-night uh, flights in clip 33. Well, I'm not sure that it's in the middle of the night. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says the administration is only carrying out the law. Under what's known as the Federal Flores Agreement, the administration has to release unaccompanied minors within 20 days, which is why they're being flown to places that can take them. It's no surprise uh, that kids can be seen traveling through states, uh, not just New York. It's something that we're also working to unite children with their family members or vetted sponsors in other parts of the country as well. But Peter Ducey is a non-idiot and a non-member of the lefty media wanted to grill her a bit more about it. And their exchange and their exchanges are increasingly entertaining. Clip number 39 this is a good one. Why is the administration flying thousands of migrants from the border to Florida and New York in the middle of the night? 
Uh, well, I'm not sure that it's in the middle of the night, but let me tell you what's happening here. Um, it is our 4:29 a.m. Well, he, very he, early in the morning. Here we are talking about it. early flights, earlier than you might like to take a flight. Um, it is our legal responsibility to safely care for unaccompanied children until they swiftly can be swiftly unified with a parent or a vetted sponsor. Jonah Goldberg has a great couple of comments on this topic that we want to play for you in just a moment or two. Plus, we need to get to that Facebook story. Facebook agreeing to millions of dollars in fines as they admit with not without admitting to uh, uh, discriminating against Americans and going for cheap foreign workers instead. But uh, speaking of tech, first, a quick word from a great tech company. Uh, Simply Safe Home Security, the U.S. News and World Report named the best home security of 2021, just got better with a brand new wireless outdoor security camera. This is a terrific camera. Ultra wide, 140 degree field of view. So you can keep watch on your whole uh, yard and the, the street or whatever. Has 1080p HD resolution with eight times zoom, which means you can zoom in and clearly see things like faces and license plates to capture critical evidence. If, if, if something bad ever does happen, built in spotlight with color night vision. So you can get that super zoom going even at night. Keep an eye on what's going on. Easy to remove rechargeable battery. So it doesn't need an outlet can go anywhere you need it on your property. To learn more about the exciting new Simply Safe wireless outdoor security camera, visit simplysafe.com/armstrong. What's more, Simply Safe is celebrating this new camera by offering twenty percent off your entire new system and your first month of monitoring services free when you enroll in interactive monitoring. Again, that's simplysafe.com/armstrong. Simplysafe.com/armstrong. I give you. Back to the topic of immigration, secrecy, late night flights, etc. Jonah Goldberg, forty. The middle of the night point sort of underscores the larger problem and that the administration seems to want to play games, not be transparent. I think that it's a defensible policy to find places to keep migrant kids. Uh, some of this happened under the Trump administration. But when you do these kinds of things in secret and then do this weird parsing kind of, oh, it's not really in the middle of the night thing, it just it, it, it fuels this idea that the administration is not being straight with people, that Jen Psaki is sort of playing these micromanaging the news cycle of the hour kind of games rather than laying out a serious policy, explaining what they're doing and figuring out how to actually enforce it. And, and instead, it just it creates more political problems than it solves. And I think it just shows how they're so stuck in a sort of inside the beltway media mentality. Yeah, I think he's got part of it. I also think that there's a substantial chunk of Democratic voters whose views on the border are so wildly outside of mainstream Americas and and so obviously uh, non-functional, like Barack Obama said the other day. You know, it's just it's not sustainable to have an an open border. Um, They're trying to square the circle, as they say, between that uh, super left element of the party and the need to actually, uh, you know, enact and explain policies on the border. You can't, you can't because you're being asked by a substantial part of your base to do something that is impossible or, or idiotic at best. Uh, speaking of immigration, that sort of thing, Facebook has agreed to pay penalties totaling more than $14 million under a settlement with the Justice Department over findings the company's hiring practices intentionally discriminated against U.S. workers in favor of foreign workers. 
we've been hearing about this for years from engineers in Silicon Valley uh, talking about how they were uh, told to train uh, a cabal of folks, often from India, and then uh, two weeks later were let go, and they realized, oh, my gosh, they just fired all the American engineers and hired a bunch of uh, Indians to do the job. Um, and, of course, the, the big tech companies deny this up and down. They deny it vehemently that they would ever do it. How dare you? How dare you? But the agreement came after the Justice Department sued Facebook for allegedly failing to properly advertise at least 2,600 jobs, didn't even consider applications from U.S. citizens before offering the spots to foreigners whom the company was sponsoring for green cards, granting permanent residency in the years 2018 and 2019. So that's that's just in two years. Now, they're two years of pretty fast growth for, pace, uh, for Facebook, but 2,600 jobs. Uh, the law said, I'm sorry, the lawsuit said Facebook's practices violated federal laws that require employers to demonstrate that there are no qualified U.S. workers available before offering positions to temporary foreign workers they are sponsoring. So Facebook agreed to pay a civil penalty of $4.75 million to the U.S. government, up to $9.5 million to eligible victims of Facebook's alleged discrimination, which officials said was the largest monetary settlement of its kind under the anti-discrimination provisions in U.S. immigration law. So uh, something tells me this is not the end of this story for Facebook and, and other tech companies. Um, it's a big company. Company ended the second quarter this year with more than 63,400 full-time employees globally and 3,000 job openings. So, you know, you got the leg up if you're an immigrant and willing to work cheap. But Facebook, like everybody else, is hiring. Uh, much more to come. On the Armstrong and Getty Show, hope you can hang on. The wrangling over the maybe $2 trillion in turning us into France package continues. We'll bring up to date. Don't go away. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You know who's funny and charming and goofy in the world of sports? Charles Barkley. You know who else is funny and charming and goofy in the world of sports? Shaquille O'Neal. What could be better than the two of them arguing? So if you had to rank the Lakers centers, it'd be... Go. Kareem, me, then Wilkes. Okay. Oh, you're not Ben Wilt. Stop it. Four th- I got four. Th- oh, no, stop it. Stop it. Hey, stop it. Hey, stop it. You already getting petty. You already getting petty on the first night. You're not better than Will Chagler. You don't remember my ceremonies. Hey, hey, you're not better than Will Chamberlain. Yes, I am. No, you're not. Stop it. Stop it. You already getting petty. Face down. No, no. Stop it, petty white. Stop it, petty white. <laughs> wow. Wow. I could have listened to that for about a half an hour. Although they got to stop yelling. Engage in repartee, you little back and forth, fellas, since you're so funny. Um, here's, here's something that's not the least bit funny. I find this so frustrating. The city government of San Francisco has closed an In-N-Out fast food burger joint. The West Coasters know In-N-Out. Everybody else has probably heard of it. It's kind of a California institution. Unique but yummy. Um, the city by the bay requires a vaccine ID to purchase a burger and fries. As Katie Grimes points out in the uh, California Globe, uh, but you don't need an ID to vote. ID to purchase a burger, but not to vote. 
San Francisco allows open meth and heroin purchases and use on city streets. This is true. There are outdoor drug bazaars operating openly on city streets. Homeless bums poop on the sidewalk. Thieves steal so much they're closing down half the retail. But if you want a double-double and a chocolate shake, you need to prove you've been vaccinated. Keeping in mind, this is the very city where the mayor, London Breed, was caught violating her own city's mask mandate, partying and dancing at a San Fran nightclub, and explained it by saying, well, Tony, Tony, Tony was back together. Which is, if yeah, it's obscure R&B group of the 90s from the Bay Area. Mayor Breed has mandated the wearing of well-fitted masks for all individuals, including vaccinated persons. Proof of full vaccination to restaurants, bars, clubs, theaters, entertainment venues, gym, uh, venues, gyms, recreation facilities, yoga studios, dance studios, large indoor events, and indoor mega events. But the in and out told the city, look, we're not going to be the vaccination police. We got a bunch of teenage kids and young 20-somethings. They're hustling to get people their burgers. We don't want to, A, interrupt our business to do that, which I think is a perfectly, perfectly legitimate uh, you know, point there. They also pointed out that it puts them the, the, the kids in danger, especially in a city where you got a bunch of crazy meth, crazy junkies running around. The... Uh, the chief legal and business officer, Arnie Wenzinger, from In-N-Out said, Our store properly and clearly posted signage to communicate local vaccination requirements. After closing our restaurant, local regulators informed us that our restaurant associates must actively intervene by demanding proof of vaccination and photo identification from every customer, then act as enforcement personnel by barring entry for any customers without the proper documentation. We refuse to become the vaccination police for any government. Uh, mentioned that the uh, the requirements are unsafe, invasive, and unreasonable, and accused the city of asking uh, restaurants to segregate customers ba- based on vaccine documentation. We disagree fiercely with any government dictate that forces a private company to discriminate against customers who choose to patronize their business. This is clear governmental overreach and is intrusive, improper, and offensive. Um, you know, and and uh, you know, folks on Twitter, for instance, reacted that. You can steal $949 worth of goods, and nobody will stop you. But some smiling teenage girl who's just trying to make some uh, college money is going to f- stop you, what, forcibly from coming in the restaurant if you don't have your papers in order. It's just unfreaking believable And, you know, the nature of an in-and-out restaurant, too, is that they have zillions of people coming, natch, in and out. You know, you could if you could even justify this for any business, maybe a nightclub, you're going to go and you're going to stay for a couple hours, maybe. But in an in-and-out where you're going to have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people coming uh, through your doors, that's just idiotic. But, you know, so many progressive leaders, virtually all of them, have no real-world concept of how business works. And, 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 and the realities of business and the fact that you can't just abuse it and you can't pronounce from on high and make a bunch of plucky teenagers enforce the law. It's just, in fact, it's such a terrible idea. You can't believe it even like got out from around the conference table, much less got implemented. I hope, I hope, uh, In-N-Out Burger sues and I hope they, they get some, uh, 
they get some attention for this. We've got the article written by Katie Grimes. It's quite uh, good uh, at armstrongandgetty.com if you want to check it out. And again, you can openly buy meth and heroin, but you can't buy a burger unless your papers are in order in San Francisco. And you wonder why the city is just careening downhill. Um, And once again, the new meth that we've been talking about, which is chemically different than the old classic meth that everybody enjoyed so much for so many years. uh, The stuff makes you deranged, not in a decade of meth use like it used to be, but in a, a matter of weeks or months at most. This is why we have so many junkies on our city streets these days. It's the new meth. And uh, we encourage you to go to armstrongandgetty.com, read the article, or at least scan it. It really, you could skip like the first three quarters of it, um, because only then at the end do they get to the effects that it's having. Um, Up to then, it's like the world's most thorough history of meth. Um, But it's important. I think we actually could solve the bums and junkies problem um, without, you know, mass roundups and deportations and that sort of thing if people, especially governmental people, finally recognize what's actually happening and what's not happening. Uh, this might be the biggest thing we've done all day long today. And I, I, I hope that. Oops, Jack's having some sort of mic problem there. Michael, you'll have to d- d- trickle, a, you'll have to tickle his toggle there. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Well, hey, if you ever miss a chunk of the show, go to armstrongandgetty.com, or you can just uh, download your favorite podcast app or download a podcast app, whether it's iHeartRadio uh, or whatever, and Armstrong and Getty in, On Demand is the uh, the radio show package for podcasts. So grab it, get yourself a Let's Go Branded t-shirt while you're there, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.